0: hard to get beyond wombat. (laughs) I'm John Braun. Pronouns he and him. Scripture is from Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 to 14. The hand of Adonai came upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of Adonai and set me down in the middle of a valley it was full of bones leading me all around them there were very many lying in the valley and they were very dry god said to me mortal can these bones live i answered adonai Elohim, you know Then God said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of Adonai. Thus says Adonai Elohim to those bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put my breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am Adonai. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal, and say to the breath, thus says Adonai Elohim, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then God said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says Adonai Elohim, I am going to open your grave and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am Adonai when I open your graves and bring you from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I Adam and I have spoken and will act for the word of God in scripture for the word of God among us for the word of God within us
1: thanks be to God Thank you John for giving such a beautiful voice to our Ezekiel
2: text this morning. Elijah is having a no bones day. Anybody get that reference? Mhm. The entire Israelite community is having a no bones day. Actually, they're having a no bones season. So, some of you didn't nod your heads at getting that reference, so I'm going to uh, be the first person, oh, this is delightful, I'm gonna be the first person to introduce you to a 13-year-old pug named Noodle, whose human Jonathan Graziano has, I mean, the two of them have taken the internet by storm uh, with these almost daily video reports of a video game called No Bones. So I have asked Adam to play a clip for us this morning so you can all experience uh, Noodle, the pug. It might just take a moment.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to yet another round of No Bones, the game where
0: we find out if my 13-year-old pug woke up with bones, and as a result, we find out what kind of day we're gonna have. Now, I've gotta be honest with you, it is raining this morning, Noodle does not do the rain, and I I just, we'll see if he does bones. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Noodle, oh, it gets me every time. Okay, so it's a no bones morning, no bones morning. I don't think that's bad news. I think it's just something to keep in mind. Like if today, okay, so yes, we tried again and sure enough, no bones. So like if today was the day you were planning to call your sister and tell her you just hate her husband, like today is not the day to do that. Just don't do
2: that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, goodness. Elijah's having a no bones day. Uh, But uh, strangely, and I give Amy credit uh, for our scripture reflection a couple weeks ago when we were looking at this, and she was the one who made this connection with Noodle and having a no bones day. It's just so interesting because Elijah is surrounded by bones, you know, so he's like having the bonesiest of no bones days imaginable. So many Bones dried out and piled up chaotically, very dead, very lifeless, hopeless, despairing. The whole image is just bleak in the extreme. So when God asks, mortal, can these bones live? The answer is pretty obvious. Nope. (laughs) No way. What are you even talking about? Do you see this bonesy, no bones day? No, it's not happening. Except there's this twist because it's God who has asked the question, which always like changes the obvious answer, right? So with God asking the question, mortal, can these bones live? It sort of seems like the obvious answer might actually be, well, yes, Absolutely. With you, all things are possible, God. You can do anything that you set your heart and mind to. So there's a couple of obvious answers. Either nope, or absolutely, you're God. And that, by the way, is the gold star answer. Like, that's the one that gets you gold stars for days, right? If you say to God, yes, absolutely, most divine one, you can do anything. But Elijah, is having a no-bones day, the bonesiest of all no-bones days imaginable, and the whole Israelite community having a no-bones season. There's exile and hopelessness and lifelessness and despair, and there is no getting out of that dog bed. So Elijah cannot summon the gold star answer. He can't say, yes, God, absolutely, you can do anything. Perhaps it just doesn't feel true. It doesn't feel honoring doesn't feel honoring of the truth of the suffering that he and his people are experiencing. How could he say, yeah, of course? No, he's trying to honor the reality of their experience. And so he tosses it back to God. He doesn't say yes, and he doesn't say no. He just says,
1: oh, God, you know. It's the best that Elijah can do is to turn that question
2: around on God, which is when things get really strange. Prophesy to the bones, God says. This pile of bones, the dead, dried, lifeless, random bones. Prophesy to them and say to them,
1: I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live, I will lay
2: sinews on you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin. Anybody getting Silence of the Lambs flashbacks? And put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am your God. I mean, this is weird. But Elijah, despite his no-bones day, he prophesies to the dead, dry pile of random bones as God directed, and they come together with sinews and flesh and all the gooey body stuff encased in a skin. But at this first step, there's no breath still. And so God tells Elijah to prophesy again, and this time to prophesy to the breath. And this is ruach. So this is holy breath. This is divine breath. This is Holy Spirit, the spirit that hovered over the waters in creation. This is the wind of creation. So God says prophesy to the breath. To come from the four directions, the four winds of the earth. And then
1: Elijah, again, despite his no bones day, prophesies to the breath.
2: And God's breath comes into those gooey, fleshy, sinewed, beskinned bones, (laughs) and they live.
1: (laughs) They live. This has me pondering hope, not optimism, not optimism, but hope. Not the feeling of hope, but the practice of hope.
2: I feel like I have said this 20 times in 20 different sermons, but Amy assured me she feels like she's never heard me say it. So I'm just going to say it. So if this is the 21st time you've heard me say it, well then, welcome to number 21. When Brian Stevenson, the author of Just Mercy, was in town a number of years ago, the thing that he said that stuck with me, and I think will until the day I die, especially if I keep preaching it 20 to- 21 times in a row, is this. He said, you are either hopeful or you are part of the problem. And that, years to me i mean so those are usually the things that stick with you right are the things that you're like wait what <laughs> you are either hopeful or you are part of the problem and this coming from a black man living in the south working with people on death row right so if brian stevenson is telling me to be hopeful um, or count myself as part of the problem well i'm i'm all ears hope like love is not primarily a feeling it's not a thing we feel but a practice it is primarily a practice it doesn't mean we can't feel it i think in this way hope is a lot like love in that it's not primarily a feeling it can be felt but it is, at its essence, a practice. It's a thing we do. It's a thing we do over and over and over and over and over again. In which case, it means that hope isn't, a, it's not weak. It's not passive. It's not a fleeting emotion or feeling or something that visits you for a moment. Hope is fierce. It's active. It's powerful. It is a lot of movement leaders throughout time and space. As a lot of movement leaders have said throughout time and space, hope is an act of resistance. It's a thing that we do in the face of the despairing pile of bones. It's a thing we do in
1: spite of that as an act of resistance to resist the status quo, the just carrying on. Elijah is not feeling optimistic.
2: It's the bonesiest of no bones days for Elijah and for his people. He is not feeling it. But when asked by God, he practices hope,
1: he puts it in action, he speaks the words. And I doubt he much believes anything will happen.
2: Probably feeling pretty bleak and down about it. But he speaks the words
1: anyway. He prophesies. He prophesies life. To people on the streets. He prophesies life. He prophesies
2: breath. The divine breath of God. And between mortal and God, on the bonesiest of no-bones days, between mortal and God, these dried bones
1: do live. Mm -hmm. Thanks be to God. May we each practice hope. Amen, and may it be so.